the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Earlier this morning, I had the story on Justin News. It was drawn from two reports that haven't really gotten much attention. They were released days apart in late January, but they provide stark new evidence of just how consequential President Joe Biden's bungled withdrawal from Afghanistan and his administration's uh, dealings with the Taliban ever since, how consequential they've been. Now, we have the perfect next guest to walk through all of this with you. Joining us right now is Robert Greenway. He serves as the director of the Center for National Defense at the Heritage Foundation. Robert, so great to have you back on the show. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, it's an honor to have you on, particularly on a day like today. I've gotten calls from all over the country today with this story. I think people are just shocked to find out Al-Qaeda has as many as eight training camps reconstituted back on Afghan soil under the protection of the uh, Taliban, according to the United Nations. And while that's going on, the single largest Western donor to the Taliban, the people giving the safe harbor, is the Biden administration, $2.6 billion of the $2.9 billion that's been given to the Taliban since they took control, uh, has come from our uh, taxpayers' uh, money. Um, people look at it and say, this is incongruous. What's going on? Tell us, how bad is this? Well, it's actually worse than all of that. And and again, <laughs> as is the case with a lot of information, it's often worse than is than is purported. Yeah. And you're right, I think, and many are to be skeptical of any reporting that comes out of the United Nations. But I would say that the Al-Qaeda monitoring team, which is put in place right after 9-11 and the horrific terrorist attacks, uh, and in some cases the personnel preceded, have done stellar work at reporting what member states report to them. And I could assure you, one, that the reporting uh, is almost certainly accurate and almost certainly much worse. Yeah. Now, remember, too, that we left $83 billion worth of equipment and infrastructure yeah. on the battlefield to exactly the same people that we took Afghanistan away from after the 9-11 attacks and for good reason. And be the reason was that the Taliban were providing sanctuary and safe haven to Al Qaeda. We can't claim surprise that that's the case now. And I would say to anyone that draws distinction between the Taliban and al-Qaeda are drawing an artificial distinction. The reality is al-Qaeda in its, in its past, current and future leadership have all pledged loyalty to the Taliban for precisely this reason. And so the common cause that's shared absolutely represents a threat to the United States just as it did before 9-11 and in the days preceding it. And I would say one other thing that we also know, not least of which is from the reporting that comes from the U.N. al-Qaeda monitoring team, but other sources that the U.S. has corroborated during our administration under President Trump, is that al-Qaeda's senior leadership after bin Laden's death resides in Iran. And so all of these threats, the provision of resources to Iran in the form of over $100 billion, what we left in Afghanistan, and to your point, what we're continuing to provide to them, which is not to say anything of what we're allowing to go in from other countries, is absolutely funding the next terrorist attack on U.S. soil. 
It's just so mind bogging. People say, well, how could we be this stupid? Why, why are we doing this? What is the strategic interest in letting Iran get billions of dollars of oil money so they can fund the Houthis and the uh, ISIS? And, uh, and then why give the Taliban all this money? Is there any explanation? Because every time I watch one of the Biden administration officials come up for the hill, they say, hey, situation's getting worse in the Pacific. The situation's getting worse in uh, the Middle East. Situation getting worse in Afghanistan. But they don't seem to acknowledge that it's their policies driving it. Are the American people beginning to detect the, uh, the, the incongruity of the policies and the outcomes? They are. And I think it's not least of which is because of the open southern border. Yeah. And everyone recognizes that every country, China, Russia, Iran, uh, Al-Qaeda and the Taliban, uh, Hezbollah and, and associated threats are all exploiting our southern border uh, and it's complete open access to them. And they'd be idiots not to do it. Uh, we're the ones, of course, that are culpable in allowing them to exploit that open border. And I think that's what makes Americans sort of concerned that these threats are, in fact, exploiting it. And I think that draws attention to it. And I think the administration does not want to draw attention to the open southern border or to the mistakes made in Afghanistan. And so it shouldn't be a surprise that we're ignoring it. The surprise really is the fact that we're going out of our way to fund our adversaries, which may be the only consistency in this administration's policies. (laughs) Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. That's a good point. It is maybe the only consistent thing we've seen. It really is a head scratcher. You mentioned Iran, and I remember after 9-11, a lot of people associated al-Qaeda just with uh, Sunni uh, Islamic extremists. But there always was this sort of interesting game of footsie going on with Iran. Uh, More recently, one of the al-Qaeda leaders, perhaps the top al-Qaeda leader since al-Zawari was killed, uh, seems to be in Iran, according to U.S. intelligence assessments. Is Iran uh, closer to al-Qaeda than they were two decades ago? I think in many ways, yes. Now, that relationship has evolved. But we, we again have to remember that they provided support, assistance, direction, uh, and control in many cases from Tehran to, to Hamas, right? Which is also, uh, not a, a Shia line terrorist group. And so we have to recognize that practical necessity often trumps ideological obstacles and differences. This has always been the case. Now, there are times when Iran has been concerned about, t- about Al Qaeda's activities, potentially and operational activities threatening their own government inside of Iran. But that's now born, I think, long ago into cooperation. And what they're doing and others are channeling that extracurricular activity towards external threats. And the degree they do this, of course, and the degree they host them gives them control over al-Qaeda senior leadership. So that as long as they're captive in Iran, they're largely not going to, as it were, ruin the situation and complicate matters, but rather make common cause with Iran against, among other things, the great Satan in the United States and Israel as the principal regional obstacle to them. Yeah. 
One of the things in the uh, U.N. report that some of my security experts that I talked to, including people in the current administration, was saying they're not as uh, certain of. The report said that al Qaeda is not capable of uh, conducting or controlling and conducting long range terror attacks. My uh, sources said we're not as sure as we were of that six months ago. Is that changing as we see more people walking across the border, as we see how easily Hamas carried out the October 7th attack? Is there potentially an underestimating of al Qaeda's? ability to have a long arm and strike the United States again somewhere in the world, if not on our own soil. We should have very little, if any, confidence. Remember uh, FBI Director Ray's public testimony that all lights were blinking red in terms of the threat to the homeland. And I think that's the accurate comment. Anyone who thinks that we can predict with confidence what's going on in the remote regions of Afghanistan with any certainty is delusional. We didn't know al Qaeda's resurgent capacity within Afghanistan while we were still there because it was so well integrated to the Taliban uh, completely. And that remains the case. So we should have zero confidence in our judgment that it's 18 months away. In fact, I would say that it would be optimistic to say that it was six months away. The reality is we don't know. Yeah, that that is exactly what I heard. And that's the scariest thing you never want to hear from the intelligence community. We don't know what's going on, but that's what I heard over the weekend, which is very, very troubling. So I want to turn to Europe for a second. Uh, There's some interesting dynamics going on there. Uh, The the outgoing Dutch prime minister, who may be the incoming NATO commander, basically told the Europeans, stop whining about Trump, stop meddling in the U.S. election. We'll deal with whoever is the American president because we have to. It seems like that was a message long waiting to be delivered. Uh, How's it been received? And what do you think prompted that sort of uh, moment of of, uh, spoken word? I think he said the, uh, the, uh, the quiet thing out loud. Well, I think it's a realization on his part of whom he might have to be working closely with and will be in many ways dependent upon because the U.S. is obviously the greater among equals in the constellation that is NATO. And we just hosted here at Heritage the NATO secretary general who has a long relationship working with then President Trump. And they got along because it was based on practical necessity. And he'll tell you what I'm sure he'll tell any successor is that President Trump did more for the membership and more for NATO as an organization by encouraging and coercing members to pay more And what they originally pledged to do. And I think that's the recognition. Now, I would also say I'm sympathetic to those that view that that NATO ought to wait to pick a secretary general until after U.S. elections. And I think that would probably be the more prudent course. I'm also sympathetic to those that think that only members that are meeting their contribution goals above the 2 percent threshold ought to be eligible. And frankly, the Dutch aren't in that category. Yeah. Fascinating to see the dynamic there. Uh, i got about two minutes left. I want to turn to uh, Israel because it seems as though the Biden administration has so many different messages out there about Israel. It's hard to know where they really stand with Prime Minister Netanyahu. It seems like we're uh, stopping them from taking the military offensive while they have the initiative. Uh, is that a problem long term for winning the war against Hamas? Look, there's there's been, I think, growing daylight between Jerusalem and Washington. And again, I'm I'm completely sympathetic to Jerusalem's cause in eradicating Hamas after what happened October the 7th. And let's remember, as I know you do and your viewers do, but sometimes I'm not sure about the White House because they don't mention the Americans killed and still held hostage. And there are likely, uh, but we don't know, in Rafah at this moment. And so I think we need to be uh, fully supporting Israel and its campaign goals. And I think we have no other choice. Seeing the theater that goes on in the U.N. and the U.S. administration's choice to push for a ceasefire with not allowing Israel to finish its stated goal, 
only is going to ensure that Hamas survives and threatens Israel and America in the future. And to me, it's a it's a it's not a common sense policy. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today. Send them to our website, townhallreview.com. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for joining us. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.